welcome back. I am joined as usual by the founder and CEO of Blue Sky Global, Dr. Michael Seitz. Michael, what's going on? Hi, Ben. <laughs> it's good to have you with us. As a reminder, you can click the link in the description or call the number in the description and use the promotional code Blue Sky Radio to get your first week of rental on us. Can you can you share a lesson, potentially a hard learned lesson from your recent months or years? Hmm. So being prepared, COVID came along. Yeah. Suddenly we need a lot of HEPA filters. Yeah. And uh, they just weren't available. Yeah. So we started scrambling around trying to think, now how can we source a lot of filters, large filters in our design? And it really pushed home again how important it is that the design has to be really, really uh, suited to reacting to unforeseen circumstances. Mm. And the modularity of, of, of Blue Sky really worked out well for us. So we were able to react to it. Mm. But it was tough. Having that flexibility to be able to move forward, what is the, what's the most specific thing that you feel like you would want to do differently? The smallest action that you would take it and slightly reframe it? Does that question make sense? Yes, it does. I would say that the partnering with a company, a waste management company, for example, that has the fleet and the administration to support the fleet. Oh. I know this sounds strange, but to take the orders in a good, solid way, you know, gather client information, what they need, and then mobilize that resource. And then at the end of the day, pick it up and service it. Very, very efficiently. You know, Blue Sky has a, has a wonderful machine, but we do not have a huge network nationally where the machines could just roll out in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a fire engine system, you know, that you can just roll out. Yeah, yeah. What's your most interesting story to share about recent Blue Sky support? It was probably the response to a pop-up hospital. Oh. You know, when COVID came, there were these emergency hospitals. Oh. And um, they needed a lot of uh, clean air. Yeah. Yes. And so we had to react, uh, get it mobile, train, and um, we succeeded. Uh, we couldn't publicize it much. I can't even mention now where it was, what it was all about because of, you know, confidentiality. Yeah, NDAs. But it was... It was amazing to be able to, um, you know, just provide a service for that quickly. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being a part of that effort. What is, what's an area where blue sky cleaning should have been that where it, it wasn't, where you weren't able to deliver it? Again, um, I think, well, let's take a historical example that I'd like to mention. Fukushima, this massive nuclear disaster that happened in Japan. Yeah. There's a massive cleanup attempt, blah, blah, blah. So you have a lot of radiated dust that is generated as these folks are trying to demolish, you know, reclaim that land, everything. And um, I don't think there are machines really out there that are like Blue Sky that could be mobilized en masse, right. totally intrinsically safe, that could go to these job sites where there are identified radiated areas where there could be containment with these machines running right. 
um, collecting the airborne dust that can essentially become airborne and float hundreds of miles. Hmm. So I think for the future where there is ever the potential of an emergency event, blue sky machines provide an incredible, back to fire engines, a, an incredible opportunity to mobilize um, dust collection so that you can contain potentially dangerous dust from being inhaled, you know, in surrounding areas. And you've you've dealt with eliminated nuclear waste in the past. What what is specific to? How, are there ways you have to be careful when you're dealing with radiation, nuclear waste? That you what what are the complications that you only have to deal with there? Okay, so with with hazardous waste, you've got essentially three things. First thing is you want to contain the waste within the area that you're working. So that is normally done with negative air pressure. Right. So you're always sucking outside air into the space right. where the work is taking place or, or where the disaster is. Right. The second thing is to provide um, clean air to bring the concentration of the dust in that workspace down. So the people that are working in there, they may be wearing masks and stuff, but there's always a chance of leakage or something going on. Mm-hmm. So you want to reduce the environmental concentration. And then the third thing, which is totally not, you know, seen the attention of, of, of OSHA and the EPA, you know, enough, I believe, is, okay, so it's the end of the job. You've captured everything. Now what? Now what? Mm-hmm. Now you've got concentrated dust cake and horrible methods to deal with it. You've also mentioned uh, air cleansing in a church. How did you go from nuclear waste to a church? Right. <laughs> so that's an example of remodeling dust. Okay. So this was a just an example of a church where they were doing a remodeling project in a certain area of the church. Um, and they didn't want to contaminate the main church area because the cleanup of the HVAC of just the church in general, complicated tall structures, would have cost a fortune. And it would have interrupted normal services, things like that. So what they did is they just... Um, basically isolated a certain area where they were working, put the blue sky machine outside in the parking lot, hmm. took out a window, brought the ducting in, and put that area under negative pressure. Could have been a shopping center, could have been a hospital wing, whatever. But by simply putting it in the parking lot, running the ducting in, they were able to run that machine for three weeks while they did the remodeling. At the end, they took it out. There was no con- cross-contamination. They were delighted. It was so simple. Yeah. Just started the machine in the parking lot whenever they were working, and there was no cross-contamination whatsoever. Sounds, so simple. It sounds lovely. What about what about emergency relief, hurricanes, natural disasters? You, you spoke to the earthquake a little while ago, but what else? So, for instance, during Hurricane Harvey, mm. there was the situation where um, the hurricane stalled. There was just tremendous high water, and there were some high-value assets. Um, we got called in to dry out some of those spaces. One of the advantages with blue sky is that we move so much air and we can actually heat the air that we return into the space. So we're just a giant hairdryer under those circumstances. <laughs> so we were able to suck the air out of the building, filter it, dry it, and then put it back into the building. And so we could turn around a space really, really rapidly. And it actually leads to kind of one of the things that I'm really interested in for the future, which is how can we bring this idea to FEMA, the military, this kind of thing, where blue sky machines can 
be on hand during um, a disaster and be mobilized into that situation. Um, like a big fire. Let's say you've got a big warehouse fire in a certain area and computer boards were burnt or something. Yeah. There's also, there could be arsenic in the dust, there could be cadmium, all sorts of trace materials that the emergency um, workers after the event, obviously while the fire is going, everybody's just doing what they have to do, but the cleanup afterwards, it would be possible to roll in a couple of blue sky machines, hmm. bring that area under negative pressure, and now... Anybody working to clean up there would have at least clean air or at least some safety zones within that space right. where they could go and recuperate. Right. I mean, imagine 9-11 with all those workers and that dust contamination. Right, right. Now we're talking, we're back to the concept of clean air zones. Right. Only this is, these are mobile, mobile. Clean. Well, they're clean air zones within a disaster zone. Right. Or, an, or a natural emergency. And the military could provide... Um, that support or FEMA or the Corps of Engineers, right. somebody would roll out, say, this is a situation where the air quality is not good. Right. There's a potential for people to have to breathe in bad stuff and have to take their PPE off. We can bring in either spaces where people could recuperate or be treated or have refreshments that is absolutely good, or even within the workspace, bring in the machines and dilute, you know, bring the concentration of those um, dust species that you're breathing in down within that workspace continuously. All right. Just roll it in. Yeah, absolutely. For our viewers, don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment if you have a moment and share the episode on socials if you like what you're, what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And uh, click the little bell to get notifications when we publish new content here on Blue Sky Radio. Michael, any other industries that haven't been mentioned yet, where you'd, where you'd like to see people considering these possibilities? Um, where I'm particularly, well, the nuclear industry f certainly, you know, is, is, is an area where there has not been a lot of attention paid to large scale um, use of dust collectors. They use a lot of little machines. Mm -hmm. But on a bigger scale, asbestos is very interesting. Mm. There are a lot of high-rise buildings that have been condemned because of asbestos. Mm -hmm. And one of my visions is that you could put several blue sky machines, say, into the basement parking. That's where you set up and run them. Yeah. You run the ducting, which sucks the air out of each floor in the elevator shaft. Oh. So you've got a machine running in the bottom putting that whole building essentially under negative pressure, using the elevator shaft as the main area. And from a central location, you've got these machines running. If one of them shuts down for maintenance, you've got three or four running. And they're in the basement, they're in a parking lot, and whatever's captured in those large machines then just goes with the waste. You know, the asbestos waste, whatever. So you can put a whole building under negative pressure at a central location and not worry about that during that project that you have to service those machines, they will run that entire project six months, nine months, a year without needing any service hmm. because they, con they can capture so much dust within the machine itself and it's all um, contained. So if these large remediation companies or maybe a developer who says, here's a big building in the middle of Chicago, in the middle of Houston, it has asbestos problems, you can roll these blue sky machines and 
put that building under negative pressure and put people to work to systematically strip out the asbestos and rehabilitate that, that environment. Is it possible to is it possible to save the building in this way? It's definitely possible to save it, or if you want to bring the building to the ground, you just want to demolish it. You couldn't drop a building down while it's asbestos contaminated because everything would blow out. So you really want to strip it completely. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's even a lot of lead paint in the building. Mm. Lead paint would another thing. Maybe you've got an old building in New York and they've discovered, you know, all the windows, everything is painted with lead paint, lead containing paints. You could put that building, the whole building under negative pressure, do a full remodel and then revitalize that. Mm. So to try and get with the remodelers, whether they are remodeling after fire or asbestos or lead paint, mm -hmm. put the machine into the parking area below and suck through the elevator shaft. Use the elevator shaft as your main negative pressure, um, you know, where you suck everything through. Yes. Okay. I love that. Easy, cheap, no maintenance. At the moment, Ben, they're doing it with lots and lots of Literally hundreds of little machines that need daily servicing. The filters need to be checked. Put it all in the basement, one big machine. Just like electricity, you can have 100 little generators running. Why not just have one big generator in the bottom of the building with a spare and have it run from there? Brilliant. Centralize the air cleaning. Brilliant. We're talking a lot about urban applications. Right. What about sustainability? How does this how does this interface with the world that our grandchildren are going to be living in? Absolutely. And this takes us to more remote places where people are not even aware of the consequences of dust. Let's say there's a pipeline running through Alaska. Mm -hmm. Pipelines are very safe, but they need maintenance. They need welding done. They need sandblasting, painting that they don't corrode. They may be going through a desert or a forest or whatever. Yeah. So in those spaces... Um, that dust would also blow into the surrounding environment, end up in the trees, whatever. The birds could, you know, breathe it in because all creatures are breathing. That dust would then end up on, on the plants. It would leach into the soil, from the soil into the rivers. So on a greater scale of things, the idea that when you are putting a road in somewhere or painting a pipe, that it's not only the people that are doing the work, that by containing the dust and collecting the dust collector and taking it back mm -hmm. with the job crew contained, that you're not leaving that dust in the environment because that dust contains something we brought into the environment. It's mm -hmm. not natural dust. It's paint. It's welding alloys. It's things like that. Blue Sky gives the opportunity that in these remote places, simple tent structures could be built around the workspace, keeping the men safe too. Mm -hmm. and then preventing leaving that dust behind, which will just blow for miles and end up, you know, in in the lungs of, of the creatures that live around there or ultimately just washing down into the rivers. So it ends up with fish and everything that lives there too. Mm. Again, we're talking about dust species where our work is bringing foreign materials to that space, like a pipeline or something. It's now quite possible that little, you know, with a little bit of effort that we can capture that dust and keep the environment totally safe for our kids too, you know, future generations. It's a worthy goal. It's possible. Just we, It's awareness first and then a call to action to do something about it. Yes. 
and it's practical. With Blue Sky, we make it possible to do it relatively easily. All right, now let's go. Let's go big. Let's okay. go. What does what does the world look like if we're using more of these machines? If they're starting to pop up everywhere, big scale, small scale, we're starting to to get into the whole marketplace. What 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 can that what can that do? It, it can be a situation where large real estate, large places that have been identified as either a sick building or an asbestos filled or lead paints or had a fire somewhere, that work can be done, even reconstruction, just plain old reconstruction in a big city space. And there is a, a machine running in, in, in the basement that's cleaning up the air that's, that, that would be common, you know, contaminated and might be blowing into the streets, maybe ending up on the cars below, maybe even blowing you know, onto the windows of the of the adjoining buildings, that that can all be contained, cleaned up, and that it's very, very little effort to do it. Hmm. You simply start the machine hmm. and the air is clean. And you can go about all this fairly dangerous work and get rid of that dust, the silica, you know, all those things you don't want and just capture them hmm. and then take them away and just treat them in a, in, in a way that's safe. What a wonderful world. <laughs> to our listeners, just a reminder that if you use the code Blue Sky Radio, either on the phone or at the link below in the description, you can get your first week on Blue Sky for your device. Thank you for tuning in. Michael, it's such a pleasure to be speaking with you today. I appreciate your time as always. Um, any final words for our, for our viewers, for our listeners? I think... Um if anybody listening can get the word out there, there's something really exciting and important um, because the air that we breathe, even though we're not always conscious of what it's doing to us, the long-term benefits of clean air, it's well worth you know, spreading the word.